Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets a relationship worth praying about. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. I am covering a series entitled Jesus, the realest relationship you'll ever have. This is an eight-part series, and my aim is to share with you the importance of Jesus being above every relationship you find yourself in. And I encourage you all, if you haven't already, to listen to part one of this series. But I'm just going to jump in with the motivational aim for today's episode. And it is, as I already stated, a relationship worth praying about. And I want to visit Acts, the first chapter. And I encourage you to read the entire chapter on your own. But I'm going to target in on Acts, the first chapter in the 12th through the 26th verse. And I want to provide you all with some context of what took place. So Jesus was already crucified on the cross. Judas, one of the original 12 disciples, already betrayed Jesus. He did not repent for the wrong he committed. And Judas went to the people he sold Jesus out to. And he threw the money he took from them back at them, and they didn't take it back. Later on, Judas committed suicide. There were 12 disciples, but now since Judas killed himself, now the number of the disciples was 11. And it was time to replace the one who was no longer around them or with them. The 11 disciples went to God in prayer about this relationship they were about to enter with someone new. And the 11 disciples were in agreement and they prayed along with the women in the ministry. And what they were praying about was this new relationship of leadership and impact and commitment with this new 12th disciple that was about to come in the group. Peter stood up among the believers of Christ and told them about Judas and how he became a guide to those who arrested Jesus Peter explained Judas's previous role in the ministry and how he died in the very field with the money he acquired to betray Jesus. Peter went into detail about how it was time to replace Judas, and he also went into detail about how Judas's story was over, the chapter was over, what he did was done, but now it's time, or back then, it was time to move forward. So what I'm about to do is read Acts, the first chapter in the 21st through the 26th verse. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these, it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed to Joseph called Barsabas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, You, Lord, know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias And he was added to the 11 apostles. So you just heard it. 
if you read it, you saw it for yourself on how the disciples prayed and then evaluated the two candidates eligible for the position of being recognized as the replacement, which is the 12th or was the 12th disciple of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Scripture lets us know that they cast lots, and that's something similar to throwing dice. And Matthias was the chosen one, the chosen new disciple. And to give you a cross-reference, Proverbs, the 16th chapter and the 33rd verse states, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. That scripture alone, Proverbs, the 16th chapter and the 33rd verse, is letting us know that nothing we do or nothing that happens to us is by chance. Things just don't happen out of nowhere without God knowing about it and developing purpose from it. And this includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. And for anybody listening who's experienced some ugly areas happening to them in life, God did not sick evil on you. He did not sick wickedness on you. Evil people, thoughtless people, made the decision to do bad things to individuals. But even in that, God can take the good, the bad, and the ugly, develop it for his purpose, turn it all the way around, make it work for you, where everything's working together for your good. When God wants to promote a person, never forget that nothing happens by chance. God is in it when he wants to promote you. Whether God wants you to be promoted to a position or God wants you to be promoted in a new relationship, a new friendship, a new acquaintanceship, a new occasion, a new association, anything new. Never forget that things just don't all of a sudden happen by luck. God's decision is in that. So going back to scripture, the disciples, they cast lots. They were throwing dice to see, okay, who's going to be the next disciple to replace Judas? The lot fell on Matthias And he was the one added to the 12 disciples, replacing Judas, okay? And you see or you read about how the disciples prayed to God about who they were supposed to add to the relationship. In addition to them throwing dice and trying to cast lots, trying to get an understanding, okay, whoever it falls on, that's who it is. But they prayed about that before they did that. The disciples had options. Okay, they had two people, Justice and Matthias. And these two men, they were some great candidates based off what we read in Scripture. They were with Jesus from the beginning, from the baptism of John until Jesus was taken from them. So they were with Jesus and the disciples for a very long time. And that means that they were disciples But they didn't hold the leadership the appointed 12 disciples did. But they were disciples because they were following Jesus. This means that they traveled with Jesus. They endured things with Jesus. They sacrificed. They watched Jesus intently. They studied Jesus. 
They saw what happened to him on the cross. They saw the people crucify him and disrespect him. They were witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And when people saw these two men, they were identified as individuals who were following God. They were following Christ. And from the outside, you can look at these two and be like, oh my goodness, man, they followed Jesus for a while. Ever since the baptism up until the resurrection, they were there. But the disciples, the original 11 disciples, they utilized wisdom. They understood, okay, yes, they followed Jesus from the baptism to the resurrection. But we need to pray about who's going to come alongside us and take Judas's place because Judas was with Jesus too. And the disciples could have been thinking, oh, we, we're not trying to go through that again. So, Lord, um, before we just jump in and choose somebody based off of what they were doing, Lord, we need you to examine their heart. Examine the heart and let us know who to choose. Because this lesson we just learned with Judas betraying Jesus, we can see clearly somebody can follow Jesus all day long, follow where he goes, sits with them, talks with them. And still betray him. Lord, we're not trying to do that. So they prayed. They went to the Lord in prayer. Because they knew that since Jesus is the realest relationship one will ever be in, it takes more than just proclaiming what Jesus did. And that includes being committed to Christ no matter what or who is coming against you. And it requires constant heart and mind alignment. The disciples understood the importance of moving forward in ministry too, but they moved forward in Christ at the same time. They didn't just jump the gun. The key thing that they did here was they prayed to God about a relationship before they just jumped right on in it. They didn't just jump into something and then Ask God, hey, bless it, Lord, just bless it, even though I didn't pray about it. They did not do that. They did not. They knew that this relationship was worth praying about. And Matthias knew this too. We don't read anywhere in Scripture where Matthias, who was the replacement, yelling at the disciples for going to God in prayer about where God was leading all of the men individually and collectively. We don't read about him yelling at the disciples and pressuring them to choose him and pick him. I've I been there. Y'all don't even have to pray about this. Y'all saw me. Y'all saw me. I was there. John. Yeah, John the Baptist. I saw it. Resurrection. No. He didn't do that. Because anybody who is in a relationship with Jesus Christ knows that the relationship with him is so real that you need to pray about everything you get involved in and everyone you get involved with. It's not a game. Now, had Matthias done that, yelling and, hey, pick me, pray, you don't need to do that. Just, I'm here. No. Had he done that, that would have been a red flag. 
You have disciples and people associated with Jesus praying about what relationship to get into. And they tell the people who they're considering, hey, before we jump in, we're going to pray to God about this. I'm not sure about it. I need to talk to God about this. And it's nothing wrong with doing that at all. Don't allow anyone to pressure you to pick and choose something that you need to pray about. This is confirmation right here. Just this passage of scripture is letting us know when it's time to move forward, when God replaces things in your life, and you're not sure because you have two great or three great, four great options before you, they look like they're doing all the right things, everything looks right, I don't know which way to turn, Lord, Bless me with wisdom and discernment and revelation and knowledge and understanding on who to choose, what to choose, and what to do. Show me, Lord, whose heart is right. Whose heart is in this? Is there something in here that I need to know about before I go along with this? Lord, show me and wait. Let God reveal to you which way to go because he will. The red flag is if somebody starts cursing you out, screaming at you and yelling at you because you said you wanted to go to God and pray about it. Or let's say you don't even tell them that you're going to God in prayer. You could say, hey, could you just give me a a couple of days to think about it and I'll get back to you. And if they go off on you, go smooth off. Red flag. And let's say they don't go off. Let's say that they just do something behind your back or in your face to let you know, I mean, I'm not waiting for you. It's on my time. I mean, whatever. (laughs) Red flag. Red flag. And if they move forward, it wasn't for you. It was not for you at all. Individuals are already showing you what time it is. It's time to look at that, pray about it, assess it, and move and do what you need to do. Well, not you, somebody, okay? But the disciples and Matthias knew the seriousness of this new position, This was nothing to take lightly. It was nothing to joke around with and play with. No. This was serious. This was not only their life. This was a representation of Jesus' life. So they couldn't go around just picking people who had the wrong attitude and wrong motive. Sometimes it only takes one time to be done in by someone who is a wolf in sheep's clothing or they turn because of their own selfish ambitions. It really only takes one time. One time. Because if a person sees anything that looks like the past or something that was not right, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. They don't even entertain it. This happens. It happens I believe you probably know about it. Somebody you know knows about it or experienced it. 
You see it on TV shows, crime shows, with these documentaries talking about when somebody went through something and a tragic thing happened. You know, Lifetime show it all the time, seem like. These type of plots where somebody's drawn to somebody and they're just attracted to them. Doesn't have to be romantic. It could be just somebody has a selfish motive that they want to fulfill, whatever it is. But they're drawn to that person that has the very thing that they want. And what do these people do? And how do these scenarios play out? They become a follower of the person that they are seeking, they're interested in. It's an obsession. They're a follower of the cause, follower of the person, follower of the idea, follower of the group. And they could be seen helping out. They're everywhere they are. Just to get an audience or get a conversation with this person, get into a conversation with this person. They could be getting involved, helping out, giving, spending time, giving money to the poor, passing out gifts and hugging children and just doing everything they can, passing out supplies during disaster relief, giving all kinds of resources, talents, providing connections, and I can help you out with this, traveling with people, gaining their trust, laughing at all their jokes when they're not even funny, doing everything with the wrong motive, with the wrong intention, so they can take, abuse, destroy, and betray. You've seen shows like that, or I believe you've seen shows like that. Or you've experienced something like this. It happens. This person, this manipulator, this wolf in sheep's clothing breached security because they pretended to be a part of the security team. But they were the threat. They wanted something, and they did what they wanted to do to take it, even if it meant sitting around and lurking and pretending for several years. They just had to betray. They had to exhibit vile behavior, and they had to succeed in their wicked motives. They just had to do it. So now I believe, and you probably already knew this, but now I can see why the disciples were saying, ah, going to pray about this because we just dealt with the situation with somebody who followed Jesus, chilled with us, worked with us, sacrificed with us, toiled with us. We were sharing our secrets and talking about things and being vulnerable with one another. And this boy went out and betrayed Jesus, the one who helped him. Betrayed our trust. Put us in a situation. So, no, we're not going to just go off of what people did. We're going to go off of what God says to do. As I mentioned earlier, this is a perfect standard, a perfect guide on what we need to do in every relationship. Pray about it. 
Now, I'm not saying that everybody who follows a person and sacrifices and gives and supports is a wicked person. Because there are some people who are there from the beginning with you. And they really have great God-honoring motives. The way you discern from the two is you pray about it. You pray about it. Ask God, yes, I am repeating myself, ask God for wisdom, direction, guidance, revelation, understanding, and knowledge on who these people or what these opportunities are all about. It doesn't matter if it's a stranger, a family member, or a relative. Don't feel pressured and bound because people said, we're related, so Put me in this position. I'm your friend. Put me in this position. I'm your neighbor. Put me in this position. We've been knowing each other for so and so years. Put me in this position. Oh, I have the credentials. Put me in this position. No, you go pray about that. Pray about it. If God told you not To put your child, your parent, your sibling, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your granny, your papa, your childhood friend, your childhood neighbor, the person who speaks so eloquently, the person who's always in your face helping you out, the one who said that they would give you a significant amount of money if you just include them. If you pray about it and God tells you not to put those people or that person in, Don't do it and be okay about it. Be all the way okay. (laughs) Choose people in your life who God told you to choose. And someone might ask, why? I mean, why should I pray about it? You should pray about it because you are in a relationship with Jesus And by you being connected to Jesus, you have to be in alignment with the things that God wants you to be connected to. Things that are real. People who are real. Because you're connected to the real one. Pray about it. This includes the relationships you embark on with people, positions, and most importantly, Jesus. Pray about your relationship with Jesus too. Not only outsiders... Pray about your relationship with Jesus. Lord, what do I need to do to enhance my part in this relationship? Lord, show me what I need to let go of, what I need to pick up. Lord, provide me with insight on how I can make this relationship with you more real as you reveal how real you are to me. Lord, since this is the realest relationship I'll ever be in or ever have, Lord, show me the relationships in my life that do not please you, that do not honor you, that do not satisfy. Show me the relationships that are distractions. Show me the relationships that bear no fruit. Because since you're real, every relationship I'm in should bear some fruit. Lord, show me who is real in my life. Lord, show me who is really for me. Show me who is the one who will betray me. Show me the people with malicious intent. And when you pray to God about revealing to you 
who was real and who was not. Since Jesus is the realest relationship you will ever have, he has no problem, no issue revealing to you truth. Jesus knows how to connect you to people who will be real to you and real for you. And going back to this passage of scripture, Matthias, the replacement of Judas, he moved forward in his relationship with the disciples and in his relationship with Jesus. When the disciples prayed and did what Jesus told them to do by choosing Matthias, they didn't have to compare Matthias to Judas every five seconds. We don't read about them saying, yeah, Matthias, I mean, yeah, you got this position, but I got to watch you, man. Got to watch you because, you know, Judas did a sin, so I don't, I don't know what you'll do. I mean, because you are new and this position might get to your head, you know. You look like you're prideful right now. I mean, I don't have time for you doing what Judas did. Yeah, man, I, I got my eye on you. No. When the disciples prayed to Jesus about this relationship, they cast their cares on God because they knew full well that God cares for them and the disciples knew that their relationship with Jesus was so real that he would lead them to someone whose relationship in Christ was real also. And this in turn increased the God-honoring value the disciples carried as they thrived and preached and proclaimed the word of God. It's important to pray about every relationship before you jump into it. Just because a person displays qualities that appear to be supportive and nice and kind or whatever it is, wisdom and discernment is necessary. It is vital as one aims to decipher who a person really is. Who's really supporting Jesus? Are they supporting the cause of Christ or their own cause? A scripture I would like to review with you once more is Acts, the first chapter in the 24th verse, and it states, Then they prayed, You, Lord, know everyone's heart. Show which of these two you have chosen. And I wanted to review this scripture with you once more to share the importance of praying about Every relationship you get involved in, every relationship, everything you do is worth praying about. Aim to never get so puffed up where you think that what you do does not require you to pray about it. Even if you are assigned people to work with at the job in class, something within your family, whatever's going on, pray about it. Pray about who you are with and what you need to do to make sure that Jesus is front and center in your life and in those decisions. Pray about that person you think you have a crush on, who you just really like and you're so enamored with. God knows how to reveal things to you where you thought you liked somebody and you find out, I, I don't, I didn't. 
Who? Pray about the person who you are proclaiming that you'll be with forever. Pray about it because it might not be forever. It might be never. Pray about it. Pray about the relationships you were already in. Pray about what your relatives are trying to get you involved in. Those deals and those ideas. Pray about that. Pray about somebody, anybody. I don't care what position they hold. Pray about anybody trying to suggest anything to you, pressure you to do something. Anyone trying to use their influence to make you do something. Pray about that. You don't have to do it. Pray about it and let them know, I need some time. I need to pray about that. Because any relationship, any deal, any opportunity, anything that you're about to be promoted to or you're getting involved with, it's worth praying about. Anywhere that you travel or any place that you're going with Jesus and Jesus is on the forefront of your mind and in your actions, your thoughts and your deeds, that is worth praying about. When you are in a real relationship with Jesus, he doesn't mind that you are talking to him about the other relationships you are in. He loves you and knows his place in your life, which should be first. And if anyone tries to set themselves up in your life, anybody, anybody, or anything, Jesus knows how to shut it all the way down. Why? Because Jesus is the realest relationship you'll ever need. And Jesus is the realest relationship you'll ever have. A question that I want to leave you with is, Why is every relationship you are in worth praying about? Okay, so... Feel free to share that question or your response with someone or share it with God in prayer. Remain encouraged. Never forget that Jesus is the realest relationship you'll ever be in, you'll ever have. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download Jesus, the realest relationship you'll ever have Bible study and on the site you can grab some apparel aimed to inspire and remind you of who you are in Christ. You can connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target and on the Uversion Bible app where you can download, subscribe, and complete a variety of Bible devotionals aimed to remind you that Jesus is indeed the realest relationship you'll ever have. Thank you for thinking about me today and including me into your day as you enjoy the remainder of your day. May God bless you with focus, joy, peace, and resilience. Peace and God bless.